Hello and welcome everyone to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski and thank you for joining me. On today's episode, we have Kyle Spica. Kyle has played for amazing teams such as Ironman, Impact, Dynasty, and now resides with the one and only AC Diesel. He is also a co-founder of Tigerware, co-host of the Spick and Span show that airs every Tuesday on, uh, on YouTube. He is also a BKI professor and an avid coach for some up-and-coming players who are playing the game we all love. On this episode, we go from the sport where it's headed. Uh, we also go over his thoughts on being a young and hungry coach and much, much more. Um, this episode is brought to you by H2K Paintball. You can find all of our new merch. We have the Fenrir LV2. We have a limited number of V1 tank tools that are still available uh, because we have version 2 coming out. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, we have new shirts. We have new hats. We have another new hat that's coming up there. Uh, we have uh, beanies. We have lanyards. We have all kinds of goodies. So make sure you check it out, h2kpaintball.com for everything that you need. We're also in the uh, in the mix right now with a couple companies. We're going to be making some, uh, some more markers coming out, hopefully in the near future. Uh, but if you are looking for an LV2, which are sweet, by the way, I'll be shooting my, uh, my Fenrir LV2 at World Cup with uh, the new arrowhead bolt pin that we have along with the uh, the talon trigger which uh, will be also on the website coming here soon so check everything out h2kpaintball.com we are also brought to you by a company called uh, lumi and with that they are responsible for something called the endless paint club and what this is essentially is it's a $200 a month credit for the next six months on Lumi gummies, but you have to be a, um, you have to have an APPA number showing that you've played in the last two events of the year and pretty much contact info. And that's it. They're really, it's, this whole company is made up by semi pro and some pro players that have branched off, created this uh, this gummy company, and wanted to give back to the paintball community. And it's it's amazing. They're going to do giveaways. They're going to be doing trips, clinics, all kinds of stuff. But they are just trying to give back because they know the sport is, is crazy expensive. So that's why they're giving everybody a $200 uh, store credit every single month for the next six months. But the catch is that they're only doing it for the first 300 players. So there's, this is going to be laid out in phases. Phase one is you're going to be pretty much taking the products, seeing what you like, and then uh, going from there. I mean, seeing and uh, putting out there your reviews and, and what you think. And then phase two is going to be kind of more putting money back in your pocket, helping to pay for the paint. And this is where the Endless Paint Club kind of comes in. Um, but if you go to EndlessPaintClub.com, you can scroll through and see anything uh, any information that you're looking for on there, you can also see the products that uh, they have. It's a THC gummy that has a blend of THC, CBD, CBG, and CBNs. And 
it's really a feel-good gummy. It helps with uh, trouble sleeping, anxiety, muscle relaxation, um, some uh, creative flow. It's also really good at replacing those nicotine or prescription drugs. Um, I just want to preface also that this is not a... Uh, a prescribed thing. This is just my take on it. I enjoy the microdose that they have. It's really kind of helped me out with um, enjoying life a little bit more, with uh, not taking things so seriously, and really kicking in the uh, extra gears for my creative side. And I've I've really enjoyed it. But if you guys are interested, uh, check it out. Endlesspaintclub.com. Brought to you by Lumi Gummies. It's an awesome company and. It's an awesome company brought brought to you by semi-pro and pro, pro players who want to give back. So uh, check them out. See what you think. Again, only 300 spots available. All right. Without further ado, here is the podcast with Kyle Spick. First off, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it, man. Of course. It's been a while. I think it was like 2000, I think it was like 18 or something I had you on or 17 or something. Yeah, I was, I was trying to remember that. This is a while ago. I was thinking back. I was like, dude, I don't realize how long I've been doing this for intermittently. Yeah. Not as consistent as like as you and uh, Ryan or Marcel. You guys are you guys are killing it over there. Dude, I like I like the fact that you guys have more of a... It's almost like, like a game showy kind of just relax and hang like feel to it. When yeah. obviously there's everybody has their own style, but I like that you guys have this kind of niche like uh, way of doing your guys' stuff. Exactly, yeah. exactly. What uh, talking about that? I there's so much I feel like I need to fill in since the last time we talked, and uh, there's so much with with Tigerware with the Spick and Span show. Uh, with the different teams that you've been on and kind of trying to find, not you, not that you haven't found a home with AC Dallas, but I, I'm just trying to kind of, I want to see with the, the successful teams that you've been on, kind of maybe where your journey is trying to take you and where you're, you know, where you're trying to find yourself in your career. But uh, before we get to all that, um, let's talk about the Spick and Span show. How did that whole thing kind of come about? So... I guess I'd say like we started that in during COVID um, and we did it because obviously there was no paintball going on. Right. Um, and I think we started it out as like a, a BKI thing just to kind of like add some content for, you know, everybody's just sitting home doing nothing either. <laughs> yeah. Like Call of Duty or whatever it was. Um, and so we, we started it for that um, once a week. And then we just, we really enjoyed it just genuinely. Uh, so we just kept it going. Um, but that, that is how it started was because there was nothing going on with paintball. So we were like kind of just checking in with people and, and talking about strategy and talking about like what we're doing to like stay fit during this time. And uh, now were you guys living together at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I've, I've lived with Ryan now um, for the last seven years, maybe. And that's how long he's adopted you for was seven years. Yeah, exactly. like here's yeah. <laughs> like Sloan is about to be five. So wow, dude. Been, since the beginning. So 
Yeah. And then we lived at another house with uh, Scott Kemp before mm. that. So a while. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, I remember everybody really trying to figure out, which is crazy because paintball is like, yes, it's this outdoor sport, but it's like, dude, everybody's like hugging and high fiving and like in each other's faces all the time. But again, it was like the most, at the same time, one of the more so like social things you could do that you could still keep your distance. I mean, paintball, it's like you're trying to shoot each other from across the field. So you can still kind of make it. I don't know. You know, COVID was such a weird time. Everybody was trying to find their balance. And it's kind of cool to see as shitty as it sounds because COVID was COVID. I mean, I think it's kind of we're having a reflection of the things that have happened kind of now start to surface because of that. But I digress. The uh, the things that came out of it that were the positives, you know, the podcast, the the friendships, the the um, the the inventions, the you know everything. So many things changed, and it's so cool to see the you know show like your guys' show come out and really be on the forefront of engagement with a podcast. Because I, I and I don't even know. I mean, do you even call it a podcast, or do you, I mean, do you? You just call it a show, it a live, live show, yeah, yeah. So it's we upload everything to Spotify. Um, oh, you do. I think we have it. I'm not sure on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Apple doesn't lo- love uh, the shortened my last name shortened for uh, PC reasons. Um, <laughs> yes. So we've been trying. We've been we've been testing out calling it the Spica and Span show. Uh, I like that too, dude. That has a that has a ring to it too, the yeah. spigot and span show. Yeah, for some reason they don't they don't like uh, spig. <laughs> I'm sure they have their reasons. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's um one of those things. What are you gonna do? But uh, did you see it as? I mean, at what point did you kind of see it becoming something that you were you guys were gonna stick to and maybe kind of transform? into what it is now instead of just like BKI stuff or, or keeping people up, but more of like a show of current events and of things that are happening in, in the paintball world? Well, I think um, like to, to start off, you know, we, we once we started the show, um, it, it was kind of like Ryan and I are both like pretty busy during the week. So we, we do like talk to each other for maybe like, you know, a, a little bit each day. But like, besides that, you know, we're not like on the phone every day talking um, and we both have pretty busy lifestyles. So we don't see each other a lot during the week. I mean, mm-hmm. we do, but we're not like talking about everything. So the show was good also to kind of like bridge that. And like, we can kind of use that platform as to like, to reconnect and talk about like, what we know and what we've heard and, and what we're, we're thinking about currently in paintball. Um, so that was kind of a cool, like almost, you know, bonding experience for us because we're in that format, sitting down, talking for an hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we saw like, you know, I think the biggest thing that also motivated us is just saw like how many, like our community building and how many people like really enjoy the show and, and, the support that we got from them uh, as far as like even got people sending us gifts to like also give away on the show. Um, And that's where we kind of like 
started incorporating like you know we give away we give away a ton of stuff every show and or you know if, people um, love free shit yeah yeah so <laughs> I mean, we that's... That and ended up working out working out well we're also like raising you know money i think the previous year we'd given away like fifteen thousand dollars worth oh, that's of awesome prizes. um raise a, a ton of ton of money for uh different different issues and situations for for our paywall community and i like i don't know it just became something that for us like we enjoy doing we're, we're never like it's not like a thing where we're like uh we're, we got to go to work it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like work. and i think that's what would also help the situation i guess you know sometimes it's like it is it is tough because doing it once a week like non-stop even if ryan's out of town or i'm out of town a couple weeks ago i was i was really sick and ryan did the show by himself we always can like get a guest on or someone that pops in uh eggs uh alex (laughs) is always on there he's he's pretty frequent guest so he's like always good for a call um but we're, we're like before we would sometimes miss shows. Now we're like on top of it every week, regardless yeah. if Ryan's there or I'm there. Um, and it's never like a burden. So that, I think that's like something also that, that helps the show. Cause like, we don't, we don't miss, I mean, I, we're going to, we're not going to be able to do tomorrow because it's Halloween and we figure everyone's uh, doing yeah. that. We're still doing it on Thursday. So nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's just you know with doing the podcast too, and I I haven't been the most consistent, but I mean one thing that I've noticed is that just with being the one the the content creator, and even the person who listens to podcasts as well, the biggest thing that you could have on your side is cons- consistency, because sure. I feel like as a as a creator you get more fluent and you just get more in flow state of whatever you're doing, the more consistently you do. I mean, you know, this as a, as a paintball player, anything, anything in life in general that you want to be very good at, you want to be fluent in. That's why they say being fluent in a language because you just want to flow through whatever you're talking about or so people understand you. And, uh, I mean, I know that was, uh, one of the biggest things was like, Oh, a new podcast came out. Boom, you listen to it. Boom, you listen to it. And you know, the, the more consistently you can keep on those things and have people engage too. That's another thing. Um, with your guys' show, people engage, they have to watch and they have to, you know, chime in and do that. And I love the the live chat that you guys have going on. And uh I try and stop in every now and then just kind of see what you guys are doing. I love yeah. just the the whole dynamics of everything that you guys are doing is is really cool. And I I really hope you continue doing it. Yeah. I mean we we have like no intent to like to slow down by any means i mean um you know well that's like something it's it's only been been growing i mean we we saw like a a, like a slight fall off with subscribers and and stuff like that and so we we try to like work around and, and do some other things like giving bigger prizes away and trying to make it you know more of an experience for for people by doing like you know, just, just bigger giveaways and, and things mm-hmm. that are more th- thoughtful giveaways. Um, and just like clearing out, you know, stuff that we have or, or finding out like, you know, we don't want to give away like a, a t-shirt that's like a, a small t-shirt to someone that's <laughs> not going to use it, you know, it's right. like, uh, which I always like, we have such a, a good dynamic, I think like, you'll probably find like for anyone that's listening, a lot of times I'm like, 
quiet on on the shows especially if we have like multiple guests i mean the times we have like alex oliver maddie ryan and me i'm like try to get a word in they're like i'm not even trying to get a word i'm just like listening they're like why why don't you talk i'm like <laughs> look at who i'm i'm sitting here with like i'll let i'll get my day to talk but mm-hmm. also i i try to like listen a lot and then also i love to talk about like the in-depth conversations and in strategy and in stuff that's a little bit you know more on the intricate side is where i like to dive deep in um but that's where like i don't know i think ryan and i are the perfect mix because he he's good with just you know ryan he can he can just go and and talk yeah. about he's, he's mr paintball so uh <laughs> it's like i feel like it's funny like some of our shows where it's either just him or just me um I can dive in and talk about like a, a big thing for me. I like to talk about like the mindset and, and thought process and, and, and flow state, like you mm-hmm. said earlier too, like a lot of those subjects when I'm doing the shows by myself, but I also lack in the part that I, I don't know all the, all the buttons and I don't know, like <laughs> completely all the sponsors to thank and, and the yeah. people that support us and, and how to spin the wheel. Like a lot of my shows, I, I end up like, not doing that many giveaways because I don't know how to work all the systems. Uh, but it is like a really like thoughtful and in-depth conversation. So I, we get the a good mix. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have uh, someone to be able to bounce things and ideas and uh, anything in general really off of because obviously nobody likes dead air, but it's that's one thing that I sometimes I struggle with because I'm I'll be like deep in thought or the, like two things I notice will happen for me but just because I'm, I'm by myself is that I will be thinking too long about like how to construct whatever it is I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll be like, oh, how long has that been? <laughs> Am I not talking for that long? And then two, I will just I will rant and not have anybody say, yeah, but sh- for a second, just st- just hang on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think having another person in the room next to you to be able to go, hey, no, no, hang on. No, no, no. I think you're trying to you know, say it this way. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's so good to have a partner. Um, but what, with what you were talking about with wanting to kind of dive a little bit deeper into conversation, I love doing that kind of stuff too. But do you think that thought process is what has drawn you to like the coaching role? Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know if you want to, if you had something else to say on top of that. No, no, that was because as you were saying it, I was, I was thinking about it. I forgot that you, uh, you also coach. I don't know how many, uh, teams or whatever, but I kind of wanted to talk about that too, because, um, I know that, uh, Marcelo coaches a few teams and I I don't really know too many other players besides maybe what Jacob Edwards coaches a WNXL team. Um, but current players who are also coaching, but it's just like, I'm, I'm wondering if it's one of those mindsets where it's like, just you are t- taking in a ton more paintball on top of the paintball that you already have to digest. And then you're kind of regurgitating your knowledge even. So it's like 24 hours paintball, you know what I mean? With, with the teams that you're coaching. So I'm wondering yeah. if that's just kind of something that be, because it's, you're constantly thinking about it. Is that what kind of drove you into, to wanting to coach? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Um, I was just trying to think where to where to start here. I mean, it. 
I think I'd, I've been teaching for like seven, eight years now, probably like seven. Um, but I don't feel like I got really good at it till like the last like three years, mm -hmm. three, four years, um, to where I feel like I'm an expert in that field as well. Um, and a lot of, I mean, n I still have some, some to elaborate, but like what I, I'm actually like now, I'm glad that you asked this because I, I haven't even like shared, you're getting like a first uh, <laughs> me sharing what I want to talk about here Perfect. Uh, with coaching than I, I've shared even like on our own show. Um, but like I, so I, I, w I was teaching a lot of clinics and I like, you know, obviously that's fully being in, in paintball between like our show playing myself professionally and then teaching um is along with tiger like that all of every all of how i earn my own income is is surrounded from paintball mm -hmm. but with that you know we would i go i find a lot lately like especially in the last two years that teaching uh clinics for newer players i just I wasn't as like passionate about it in a way, not that I, I can't do it, but I was at some point, you know, for, for me, you know, the, obviously everybody in, enjoys, uh, money, you know, like <laughs> for the trying, most part, like, yeah, yeah. Like you, you want to have money, but for, for me, like to, I, I would, I would much rather make less money in, and get the fulfillment from seeing like a tournament level player that I I'm working with regularly, like take that in and be interested in what I'm saying and apply it. Like mm -hmm. if I say, Hey, you should try this move. And then you, these other two players put this guy in for you. And then you get, you get this kill. Like, and then I see it execute is like the most fulfilling thing that's been, been, I've been experiencing, I think in the last like two years and, you know, to be, to be honest, like, uh, coaching these, these high level teams, like Marcelo and I are constantly battling, uh, in WCPPL in the semi-pro, uh, Himmons league, his team misfits just beat us like two weeks ago, uh, and they won the series, but uh, like coaching, in a way has almost been a little bit like more fulfilling for me right now mm -hmm. than, than like playing. Like I, that's where I see this hybrid of going. And I guess, you know, one, one big part about the whole thing that I've like put a lot of thought into is that I'm, I'm confident that I might be arguably like one of the best coaches in the world that, and I haven't even started yet with, with doing it mm -hmm. because I feel like I've, I'm an expert at our current game and the probabilities and like what you should do, but I'm, I'm moving past that into creating and inventing new ways to play the game. Like, and coaching this team that I have been currently along with mouse, who's also coaching the team with me, um, we get 
they're they're great players and we get to experiment with trying things that it's like have have never been done before like let's not shoot this this side of the field let's leave it open and put all three of our available guns on this one side and then you know after three seconds we like safety just make sure they don't get past like the Dorito three or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, you know, willing to give up a, a free body in order to get like two bodies, like creating distractions and, and playing on like uh, the deception part of it for me has been like the logic and puzzle side of it is like so fascinating and fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, that's like, I, I do take on that kind of role too with AC Diesel as well, with like helping coaching and, and playing, which is like, it is a little bit tough to worry about my own game doing that. That's something that I've been trying to like balance and learn. That's probably been the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely like something that, I mean, I know when I like fully commit and I feel like valued or like compensated uh, to where I could do that full time, like, it's, it's going to be trouble for a lot of people. <laughs> well, I think when you were talking about uh, implementing something that you had taught a player and seeing it come to fruition, I think having that confirmation of your thought process as a player and kind of incre- you know implementing that into the, the player's game and them having enough confidence in what you are teaching them to because i mean it's that's one thing too it's like we know what it's like and how to play right even more so whatever specific spot or style that we have that we're trying to teach we are that much more of an expert in said style or whatever it is play you know so trying to convince a player that obviously they're at your clinic right and they they obviously want to they want to learn from you but seeing that that kind of wall come down for them to be able to trust what you're saying and actually implement it with their game and their their confidence that they have now uh having it happen is it, it's, it's so cool and i've you know i haven't done many clinics but just seeing the small steps i can understand how it can get addicting on your side because it's like well, i do know what i'm talking about because obviously yeah. it's working for somebody who's not me um yeah and I, yeah, I can totally understand it. And I, and I think that what's also cool about it is that, and probably also attractive, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think what's also attractive um, is that it's like this kind of whole new dynamic too, because you're on, you're on the other side trying to, trying to implement your thoughts and your process rather than your physical body into whatever player, whoever's trying to do it. So it's like this whole new dimension of play that you're trying to kind of put out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I I was thinking about, yeah, for me, I I use this example like the other day because I I almost like, and it doesn't, it does, it shouldn't work this way, but for me, and nothing against it, but like to teach people that are almost like beginner level, I would, I want to be compensated more mm-hmm. than teaching experienced players because it's like, I, 
and I, I think that we as as pro level players, we don't need to be teaching that almost. Like we there's the division two and semi pro players, they can be teaching like fundamentals, like how to snap shoot, how to, you know, how to shoot off the break, what hand that your gun should be in. Um, I, I do understand the like the appeal of having a prestigious pro, you know, come and, and teach these guys. Obviously, you have more signups, and that's a that's a hard thing just with paintball in general because it's not as big mm-hmm. to explain to like younger players. But for me, it's like you have a you have a Harvard professor that's like been teaching for twenty years. He's teaching like an elementary school yeah. class. No, no offense, but it's just like a little, you know. I don't think the the resources are like allocated in the in the right direction. So I. I don't, I don't know. I like, I, I see that going back to like what you're talking about with people that, that, that take it in. Like for me, I can, I think just from my upbringing and not, I just grew up just me and my mom. I was like, I was really aware of my surroundings and, and social experiences and like under, I became like hyper aware of like when people's mood changes, like like social cues and, and different things. So I, I'm like very in touch, I think with when I can tell if someone's like interested, genuinely interested in learning or like wanting to be better. And if I, you know, I, I've surrounded myself with that team that I, that I coach, uh, the TJ Bastards and like, we, we generally enjoy coaching those guys and go going to lunch and, and, just being friends with those guys because they're like they they want to learn and they want to apply mm-hmm. it and you can you can just see it when you're talking to someone that they're genuinely like there and their mm-hmm. eyes light up and you can see them playing out situations in their mind as they're listening to it and thinking about like incorporating how they're going to do it and their own spin on it is like is pretty fascinating to me watching that that happen versus like yeah, sometimes I'm sitting there like I remember Sloviak and I were were teaching at uh at summer camp this the previous this this year mm-hmm. in summer and we had like one heat of guys and they were all it was pretty hot but they were like kind of all looking at the ground and like kicking their shoelaces and stuff and I'm like let's just have them play like they they don't care about this and Nick and one of the kids like no no we're like everyone's paying attention I was like no I've been doing this a long time and they don't. <laughs> just fine you know i i get it like for me though i just i want to like move i want to create and yeah and then and and watch this like masterpiece play out um so that's like kind of something that that i've been i've been really interested in and we almost like discussed before we brought him and in into ac diesel uh earlier this year about me coaching the team which i was kind of looking forward to um but I also did, don't didn't know where that was gonna take me, and I, I I still enjoy playing. So I like I don't know. I'm not ready. I don't. It's not been proposed to me yet, so I don't know. Mm. I can't say fully. But like I'm not ready to give up playing yet. So so has speaking of that has him in. Well, hang on, before I get to that, I want to go back. I want to go back to yeah, the yeah, yeah. the because uh, I just saw a, a snippet of something and I was just I didn't know for sure but I was figured I'd ask. But anyway, before we hit that, um do you think it's harder to 
do a clinic and try and teach players who are three, four years in than a one, two year guy or even a one year person who just got in. Because like, is it harder to teach somebody who's already kind of almost set in their ways? But obviously they're there to learn. But you know, I mean, I feel like you know players like you were just talking about if they're listening or if they're like, because I've I've te- I've taught clinics before where I've had a guy just run through everything, multiple multiple guys like they'll run through everything, not listen to anything that I say, and I can pretty much get that vibe of like, well, I know what I'm doing, you know, yeah, don't I. I hear you, but I'm going to do my thing. I'm, you know, they're already set in their ways kind of thing. I just didn't know if you th- if you think it's harder to kind of teach those guys who are a little more tenured in the three, four years uh, tournament scene rather than the guys just entering into it. I mean, that that's kind of tough. I, I think it's like there's two different – there's also two segments in those three or four years. Like for me, I'm still even – a student of the game. Like I like to go to these events where there's multiple pros coaching because I also reminds me of things that I'm, I might've known once and I kind of like push to the side and it's like a good reminder. Um, I think there's, you have these like players that are kind of seasoned that, that walk with their chin high and they think they know everything and have like this little bit of cockiness um, that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, and then there's also like seasoned divisional players that want to learn. And mm-hmm. that's like, I prefer that the most, um, so that you know how to do like all, all the basics, but you're also like willing to learn, um, something new and maybe just like buy in just for the meantime, like you yeah. don't have to carry it on after we leave that day. Um, but you know, there also is those, those younger players that are like, they have the basic fundamentals down and then they apply and they go do something like, I, I love that too. Um, I think that, I don't know. It's just the guys, players that they might be a little bit more stubborn is like what I constantly am like, man, I just, I, I don't, I don't even like, it's a little frustrating. I try not to be like, cause at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm very, I'm respectful almost to a fault. Like I don't even like when guys want to talk or like speak their mind about their, their view. I I typically like, again, to a fault, I let them talk for as much time (laughs) as they want, even though I'm there to teach the clinic. And I, and then, you know, if it gets excessive, I'm like, Hey, you know, there's 25 other people here. Uh, Like, can you let me help everyone? Mm -hmm. And I, I start to like judge where, um, I put my, my time, I guess it's not, I never get like mad or upset with those type of situations. And I'm not trying to like change anyone and be like, Hey, you should look at it this way. I just don't allocate as much time to that, like right. that conversation as much. But I, I think that everyone should be like humble enough to accept new things and learn and, and change and adapt. Yeah. That's what always boggled my mind with anybody who came into a clinic like that. I was like, why are you here? Like if you're if you're not gonna be open about any of the ideas that I have, I mean, obviously you're here, but why would you why would you fight it? Like just, dude, I'm trying to tell you something that's possibly gonna help you down the lo- in the long run, but to each their own, to each their yeah. own. Yeah, I mean, there uh, was a funny story too. Sorry, to cut you off there. No, you're good. Uh, 
I'm not going to put anybody, anybody's names out, but there was like, I'm playing the other day with some uh, high profile pro players. And I'm like, wouldn't that be crazy if they did something weird, like put the snake, uh, like starting as an insert, like where you have your insert bunker, like the snake started there and it went out to the tape. And they were like, oh, that's stupid. That's stupid. I'm like, why is it stupid? Like what we do this. I, I, I like the way that the fields are designed now, but like, what, why, why does it have to be that we change the fields pretty drastically, like all the time, but why does it, what's wrong with that? Like, maybe you have to like, if you want to get out of the back center, you have to crawl to the corner, you know, through, a, through snake beans. Yeah. Like that, if you, I feel like. Or not you know, have a back get, center. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you have to jump, right? If you want to, you can shoot or you can like jump and then you guys have to crawl. Like just different things like that. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like having an open mind to different things also like keeps you learning and, and trying, you know, different. That's the only way that we're going to like keep evolving the game. It, it evolves. Paintball evolves just by like natural order, I feel like. Yeah. Like Dynasty has been like dominating for the last three years and it's just now starting to like kind of switch a little bit with with damage um they're kind of like infiltrating that that rain and i think the last time we saw that was like impact for those three four years in like 15 Uh, and yeah yeah before things got shook up and like people started figuring out their playing style now that's like we may be seeing another shift here um but those things happen slowly just because of like people going to tournaments and getting beaten up on for so long they finally start to like adapt and pick up on those things but i like the way my my mind's working is like i want to be ahead of it's like i I don't know in fashion also too is we do the tiger wear stuff like uh though they have like what's gonna be the next styles for like five six years ahead before it's even now and like uh, i think that's a like something that i've been trying to uh, apply with my coaching is just testing out these like different styles of, of playing paintball that we haven't seen yet. So mm-hmm. which is cool for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I enjoy still playing the game is I feel like it's still fun for me because I, I still play my style of, of ball, you know, which is a little unorthodox at times, but I feel like I don't want to say predictable, but I feel like there's just been this kind of monotonous kind of feel to it of where it's just very much like this. Okay, here this is again. And I, you know, diving in a little bit into what the NXL or MPL, what what is it? Is it going to be the NXL like next year or is it just, is it going to be the MPL? Uh, Yeah, maybe. Major League Paintball. The League. I'll just just call it the league. (laughs) Um, But they're trying to implement this like whole point system that Tom was proposing with like the advantage bunker, which was my idea, which he's doing it wrong, but okay, whatever. But I just, um, I think there's more ways to go about the game than having to change it drastically. And yeah. And I just, I don't, and I, I always said like small incremental things. Like I had the, had this idea of like, kind of what hockey did 
to where they went from a five-on-five overtime to a three-on-three overtime, which I think was would be cool, going from a five-on-five uh, regulation time to a three-on-three overtime to a best-of-five one-on-ones. Like, have that be the sequence, right? Which I think we can do, especially with the size of the fields now. I think a three-on-three, uh, three-minute or three-and-a-half-minute or whatever overtime would be awesome. And then uh, the advantage bunker, I've said that plenty of times on this podcast, but it's just like, I just, I don't know why we feel it has to be so drastic in a change uh, with having people still engage themselves in the game because we're like, I don't know if people think that it's like, uh, if there's too much stagnation, if it's just kind of like the same things over and over, but I I don't know, I, I mean... I don't even know where I was trying to go with that, but it was just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering like on, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I guess I'm just trying to like kind of pick your brain about it too, because you're, you're on the, like I play semi-pro, but you're on the divisional side with coaching some divisional teams. And I just don't know how much change is being called for on the divisional side with like format or, or if people are still just happy to play whatever it is, paintball that's out there. Yeah, I personally, and I, I know even, you know, I've talked to Marcelo about this, like we're, we're both not huge fans of, uh, the format change. Um, just, I, I think that's also too, cause we both are like now getting to like take what we've mastered and we're like experts at and like putting our own twists on it. So it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I said this the other day on on the Spick and Span show. Like, this could just be like this is my like my conspiracy side coming out, but I feel <laughs> like you know there's two parts of it. One, the part that I understand is the business side of like, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. How can we expand and and expand and get a greater audience and bring in more money to the sport? Um, so that's like obviously like it make it more viewer friendly by any means possible, even if that's unfortunately destroying what the current foundation is. Um, But the other like side of it too, that's I think is less likely, but I could see it happening is I, I feel that maybe, you know, a couple owners or maybe one owner uh, may feel that the gap, like the pay gaps are starting to like, increase um you know through after like the latin saints thing and with dalton saying last year and you know uh myself rob and and mouse going to ac that they're like let's like scale it back down away in my mind that you could throw a wrench in the system is by changing a form changing the format uh pretty drastically in order to shake up you know, and actually I feel like this kind of applies to like dynasty. Is it like dynasty mastered the current era right now? So instead of like, try to like speed up and, and build your team to beat them, let's just change the format completely uh, so that new players emerge and like maybe players that have mastered the game become like a little loss and it forces them out quickly and we can shake up the, like the salaries. And that's kind of like, I don't know if that's that's true, but 
in my opinion, like I feel like something like that might be in the back of some of these people's minds and and motivating them to want to push to change. Because that's I, definitely a theory. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I, I I actually I'm glad I remember this. I wanted to ask you, like, do you watch? Uh, have you watched that show? Um, Drive to Survive, the Formula One show. No, but I've I, I've heard it enough now by this time that I need to go watch it. Uh, because I've, it's, but it's all like, it's post-production of, uh, formula one racing through yeah. a season, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know what are like, I'll pose this as kind of like a question. Do you, do you find, I don't know, like for me and I'll just ask these, like, do you find like what watching a full formula one race or like a full baseball game on TV or a full soccer match? Do you find it like that entertaining you personally me personally um i mean that's where that's where what the 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 big question is right because obviously everything is better in person yeah so it's like so how do you make that more digestible for the person through the screen like i i love baseball i mean i played it growing up um i'm sure i would love okay well you're gonna knock baseball out then because (laughs) you play it you like baseball Let's just say, like, like Formula One. Like, do, would you? I guess, would you rather watch the Formula One race on ESPN, or like, would you want to watch the show of the highlights and the drama and and everything? Um, dude, that it's tough because it's like, I like the post production stuff because it, it, I feel like it's more of a story being told, but it's also you like the things that are happening in at the live moment because you're watching it happen so but i but i like all the post-production stuff i i do like that i think that it it, especially if you're trying to tell a story if you're trying to tell a story along with showing whatever it is you're trying to show uh i feel like you are not only engaging the 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 watcher even more but they're almost uh they're contributing their time. Like they're going, they're, they're engaging in that moment, but now they're like, Oh shit, what's going to happen next? Kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, the reason I asked that is like, Alex brought up a good point the other day. We were like a, a few months ago, we were talking about this and he's like, it, this, we re, we revisit this like conversation about like, how do we grow paintball and how do we make it like more viewer friendly? I mean, God, I don't know. This has been like a conversation since I started playing tournament paintball. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's like, it's almost like annoying (laughs) because it's nobody has the answer and everyone has an opinion. Yeah. But nothing gets implemented. Uh, And Alex said something really great the other day that was like, why don't you just leave it how it is for now, since we can't figure it out. And let's work on the back end of like the post-production and tell a story and get people interested that way instead of like trying to keep changing, you know, what people love and, and get people to love it through a story and help them understand it in different ways on the outside versus like, keep trying to change it. Um, which I, I really liked and I, that we used and we had, uh, Dan Napoli actually on when we had this conversation too. Uh, and he thought, you know, the same, the same thing of like not necessarily like doing all these drastic changes and on a side 
note of it, but also like on the same topic is that the hands down, in my opinion, the way to fix it is that you, whether or not it's like tracers, people need to see what, where people are shooting. If it's like lines that are being drawn like 10 seconds um, before, like even bounce shots or like tracers in the paintball, which I know is ex extremely expensive to put like little tiny like tracers in each paintball yeah. so that the cameras could pick it up. Yellow like shell. That, that's the solve, in yeah. my opinion, because no one can see the paintballs when they're watching the webcast. So obviously it's going to be hard to understand, but like you're going to try to, if you're going to try to change all the formats, you still run into that major issue. And it's like, I, I remember, I, I don't know. And, and you, you might be more in tune with this, but like hockey experimented with that, with like glowing the puck, like maybe mm -hmm. five six years ago. I know like that's about. something I think that, you know, paintball needs and it doesn't matter how you change the format. Like nobody's going to understand wh what people are doing because they can never see the paintballs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all, I, I forget what event it was, but I think there was an event or two that we were shooting yellow shell and I, I heard, I want to say almost nobody complain about it uh, as far as play wise. And then I heard nobody complain about it as far as watching the webcast wise. Like even even stuff post production looked great because it was all slow motion. You could see everything going everywhere. It wasn't hard to get an idea of of where this guy was shooting or or what was going on. Um, I agree with what Alex said. I mean, right now, I don't want to sell it. I don't, I don't want to say it's a well oiled machine, but I for what it is right now. It's what we're all used to, and it's what's working currently. The only thing we're missing in this whole thing is more eyeballs. It's not because it's it's not because the game isn't interesting. The game isn't popular. The game isn't this. We're, we're trying to. Everybody's trying to blame the game, but it's not the game. It's the presentation. And pre presenting the game doesn't mean changing the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. you have to be able to. It's fucking marketing, dude. That that's all it is. It's marketing. When you when you try to sell something, you don't change it because, you know, that well, this should be actually should be yellow that way people can see it. It's like I guess that kind of talks about the paint. But that, anyways, I I'm yeah. but I'm like you go, "No, this you believe in the product that you have and you say, "No, this is a fucking left-handed cup." And yeah. I'm going to tell you why it's a great left-handed cup and you get people on board and especially now it's like everybody talks about i i still don't i still don't understand the whole like we got to get paintball on tv thing nobody nobody's on t like people watch tv but people have a fucking phone in their hands all yeah. the time yeah. dude what 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 is getting eyeballs reels uh quick little snippets i'll argue it's not the most interesting thing but for whatever fucking reason uh a paintball player loading their marker is like the most popular thing in the world. And I'm like, this is just making me crazy, but like, yeah. but it's what people want to see. And if we can, if we can slow the game down in a sense of like, of the whole fucking like, um, uh, split deck, 
get rid of split deck. Let's start, let's start telling more stories. Like I, I would just have this conversation with a buddy of mine and I went back into YouTube and did like a whole rabbit hole thing and, and went all the way back to like, Oh four, oh five, and I'm not. I'm not trying to make this a whole like oh, back in my day in the oh seven yeah, man. Yeah. But what yeah. was what was interesting about it was that you, what that production did, and this is the one where with Rocky Cagnoni, where he was kind of going around, and he was uh, he had himself and then a commentator who wasn't involved in paintball, and they were t- they would talk about it, and it was like the, it was like the color guy and the other guy, and. Yeah. Um, and then Rocky would go on the field physically with a camera and everything and shoot these lanes and all this stuff. And I mean, I personally like seven man for the, the size of the field and the format itself and the point system for bodies alive and, and, and kills or whatever. Um, but I think if you can, if we, if we stop trying to rush the game in a sense of like, we got to get as many games in. Like from a tournament standpoint, I understand it's like there, you have a lot of teams. You're trying to get as many points in as possible, but then when you're trying to film that and get it out, it doesn't make sense. That's the number one thing. The game itself is not broken, but how we have fucking split deck still blows my mind. I don't understand it, and especially if we're trying to get people on board to understand the game, only making it more confusing with like a point system and all this other shit. That's not that's not going to help because now you're also having to explain the shit out of that while what I mean, and because what we're doing is so fundamental, it's literally two teams. I mean, look at any sports, anything, two teams going against each other, but no paintball doesn't do that. We go two teams and then another two teams and then the other two teams, you know what I mean? So that's the whole split deck shit. But if we can make it about those two teams and even if we have to go back to halves or go from 20 pro teams to fucking 15. I, I don't know. I don't know whatever it is, but something's got to be figured out to where we can, we can dissect the game down the way it's digested and, and see what works there and do a lot more, maybe not a lot more, but, but, but some more post-production stuff to, to get people involved, to tell more stories, to follow, have the NXL follow teams or or even players throughout the season or whatever and maybe have maybe that could be the kind of implementation that the the drive to survive kind of thing you know get people involved and i mean i don't know that's my rant but it's just like i i've always wanted to make changes to the game in small increments i mean that's why i brought this whole advantage bunker thing out because we didn't have to change anything to the game at all of what we're doing you just add this this bunker or you make one of these bunkers on the field, the advantage bunker, and it's on the other team's side. And if you with more than three guys alive on the other side, if you can make it to the other side of the field and survive in that bunker for fucking 15, 20 seconds, whatever it is, you score a point. So and like that's it. It was it was very, very fucking simple. And obviously there's a little bit more logistics to it, but but it's something like that to where it's like, okay, well, we have this. We're not changing anything at all. And you implement this little thing to where now you have a bunker that can be a sponsored bunker on the field. But it also means where, oh, if that guy can get there, even though they're down by two or one, I don't have to hit the buzzer. I can just get in there and survive and I can I can score a point, especially if a, the other team is like if they're up by two or they're up by one and they just like to, you know, let's play the slow game now and cross it up. 
okay, let's say one guy is just getting really good at getting down the field. Now he gets into that spot. You have to go get that guy. Otherwise, they're going to score the point. You know what I mean? So it's like I tried to make it simple without changing too much of the dynamic of the game already. But now it's just a little bit more kind of like an eyeballs now are going to that thing because now it's like and now because people are like, oh, shit, is he going to go to the advantage bunker? That kind of opens up the other side of the field for the other players on that. So it's like but I feel like these conversations need to be had. And I, and I hope they're being listened to because it's not like I have fucking great ideas. I, I have just as many shit ideas as I have good ideas. But I feel like people are listening. But I feel like in the league or whatever it may be, I feel like there should be some kind of like sit down, call in, call in the guys who are playing constantly. Call in Maddie, yeah. yourself, Marcelo, uh, t- some team owners, obviously league owners, and sit down and say, hey. This is the direction where we want to go. You guys have been playing this game as long as we have. Uh, we want the game, to, we want the sport and the game to grow just as much as you do. What are your ideas? These are ours. What are yours? Let's figure something out, and let's all get on the same page because you're the ones that are going to be doing it on camera. Uh, really? You know what I mean? And you're going if if it if it's not reflecting on camera. Um, then I don't know. People just aren't going to play. If it's not fucking fun, if it sucks, it's, people aren't going to do it. Or, or yeah. they will do it out of spite because they, what else are they going to fucking do? You know, what other yeah. league are they going to play in? Yeah. Can I pause you for one second and run the P? No, please do. Can edit, edit me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, uh, it comes well, in handy, yeah, that's I, for sure. Yeah. What's that? Until- until someone took it, that's been my <laughs> session. Uh, we got to uh, make one with like an air tag holder on it. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, I get like going back into also the conversation of not changing that much. You know what? How a lot of examples that I use commonly, like my top two biggest examples, um, is it one that we're playing physical chess. So chess as a game, which Mm -hmm. is unchanged for, fuck, I mean, God knows how long that's been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then a little bit more in depth and like a microcosm is boxing and specifically like round one of boxing. I guess you could use the whole, a whole boxing match as an example, but uh, I, commonly use like the gunfight as an example of round one of boxing because like typically in that that first round is unless someone's super dominant it's kind of boring like it's the guys like feeling out each other's like flinches and their timing and mm-hmm. how they're going to react to something you're going to throw but you don't fully throw it um i feel like that's a common thing in these uh longer games or you're trying to you know when you when you have these like two juggernauts playing each other and you have like you you have an archie and j-rab gunfighting or like these guys that are that are so fundamentally good grandmasters essentially of gun gun gunfighting it's more so like what timing is that other person on right now and what are are they using some different baits? And I think that's like, that's like a big, uh, 
thing that I think is like cool about paintball that people don't understand is like, uh, like you're playing a guy, especially like on these fields that I think as, as paintball players, like it kind of, it does suck and it is a little bit boring for viewership, but like the, those games that are longer and like the, the pocket to pocket against pocket, nobody's moving is like, so like so much more like in depth and intricate, uh, than, than people have like anywhere near like a conception of what's going on because it's like, it, it's, there's a lot more thought that goes into it. Cause you're trying to like understand and put yourself in their shoes and like read you know, their rhythm of how they're shooting and trying to time mm -hmm. all those different things. And even, you know, not, not necessarily just like a, a pocket against pocket type of feel, but like when to make a move, like when, you know, how has this guy been playing me in the previous points and how do I know to like get on, be ahead of him this next point, is he going to still play, continue to play that certain way? And like, that's a cool art of it to me so like it just it's unfortunate i understand it if that's like not i i mean i guess i honestly it's like kind of like sad that we like we haven't been able to like stick with something that we can you know for monetary value like it hasn't stuck and it hasn't grown so we have to like keep altering it but it, uh, it's just an unfortunate, in my opinion, that like we can't find a solid foundation to mm -hmm. like innovate on. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I'm fine with the thought out process game too, as long as it's not point one or point two. I just uh -huh. think I think point one and point two are. I don't know, dude. When it, there was a couple of events where there were. It was point one or point two, mostly point one, where it like went to time, and I'm like, can we just can we put just put our egos aside for like one point and just like, yeah. dude, just play, like like just get it out of your system. Like nobody's there. There are moments in the game where you're too important to die. I understand that, but there have to be risk takers on the field. There has to be, and dude. there has to be. Well, there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance of risk takers and and uh and shadow holders i don't know whatever you want to call them but it's like there, but yeah. there has to be and and i feel like you i don't know if it, it if it's taught or whatever it is and it's not that i for me anyway because i'm just speaking from that realm that that risk takers realm as a front guy you you know this too like you have to be able to, to switch back and forth between that role of knowing that you are you can be sacrificed for the greater good. And then sometimes you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? And you have to be able to swing back and forth. But I, totally. what I have caught more often than not is a lot of divisional guys who feel that, and they haven't told me this, I'm just assuming, because I see so many guys, well, they're, they'll gain dominance of, of a lane or a hole or a gap, and they will put a pod through it before they, and they're the ones controlling it, and they're the front guy, and then they'll jump through it. Like after that, I was like, I, I mean, maybe maybe it's my train of thought, but if like if I ever you're had, saying so like, you're saying so like they're 
someone's keeping them out of a spot and they're they're in the advantage and they're shooting and trying to keep the other person from like maybe filling out to re to like save the other team. I don't I don't know because I see front guys to will they will wrap and they will they will wrap, shoot, maybe shoot a guy in, but then they'll just they'll reach back for a pod and then and then like shoot that pod before they go again. Which to me it just it's weird because I feel like whenever time is on my side is like how I always want to play. Like time is always on my side. Like where if I if I feel like I can can rip a second from you which is which is you like flinching off of your lane or whatever it is to be able to give me that gap. I'm going to take that gap. I'm not going to waste that second that you give me. And I just I guess I just don't understand the mentality of of being a front player and still shooting like a bunch a fuck ton of paint through dominance on a guy that you have and then continuing to hold that guy in or even giving him the option to possibly gunfight you it back into your spot by just lo- shooting a whole pot at that guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like totally. I, I, I've seen that f- quite a few times because I'm over on the semi-pro field. So I've, I've seen it quite a few times and it just doesn't, it just doesn't register for me for whatever reason. So I, I mean, I think there's a, there's a couple things there. One, I think when you like for more unexperienced players, I think they're, they're probably thinking like, Oh, maybe I should make this move, but then they hesitate. And then they think about it. So they're just going to keep shooting, which is not necessarily is, is a bad thing. Like it's a good thing that they're like still shooting and they don't let the other person come out on you. But on the other side of the coin, and I just uh, put a video of this on my story when I was talking to one of my teams that I coach about like low body situations is like, if I, I was talking to them, they were in a two on three. Mm-hmm. And the guy, they were in good positions. It was like they had opposite corners or like a corner and like a Dorito insert spot. And it was the two of them against three. And the other three were kind of in a pocket situation. One of my players had like dominance on the tape and was like kept the guy in, but he left that spot and just dove in the snake without any intent. Like it was just, if I go to the snake one, I'm in a better position. That was Mm -hmm. like... I can tell that was his thought process. And then, so the guy that he was playing against, as he was making that move, he came out, he had a chance to shoot at him, moving to the snake. Yeah, He missed him, thankfully, but as he as he dove into the snake, then that player that he was keeping in moved quickly takes to the off. corner. Yeah. yeah, takes to the corner, and then that player, my guy, comes out and he wraps big to shoot at the same spot, and that guy shoots him down the wire. So, like, there so many opposite sides of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do that too, as a a front player, like in, in something I always preach is that like, if we're in a five on five, everybody's alive. I want to get as much ground as I can. Yeah. Um, Get up in, in your shit and I'll shoot like two or three guys across the field and let you come bunker me in the ear. Mm -hmm. And then you get shot as well. You know, if I take two or three with me, great. That's a win. We're most likely going to win that point. But if, you know, we, as a, as a team of five, if we shoot two of your guys off the break, I, I might not necessarily want to go get into the snake because, and this is something else I always talk about is like, whenever you go into a spot, that's like either like a far up 
middle spot, if you're detected, then people aren't going to run into your gun. And if you get into the snake and they're situated properly, like you're not, you're not effective if they can keep your head down and keep you from moving. So in any of those situations, let's go back. Like it's a five on three. If I, as a front guy, go get into the snake in that five on three and leave a dominant outside position, you're essentially not like hypothetically you're you're put you put yourself into a four on three because those three guys and and dynasty is a great uh testament to this like what exact situation i'm talking about those three guys they know how to they know how to cancel out even if someone's close to them they know how to cancel out the the least amount of threat and that someone maybe that's in the snake that as is being forced down they're not a mm -hmm. factor people in the back to have their guns up so now they can maybe put one guy over top and keep that guy's head down and use their three guys to play three on four even though it's a five on three if that makes sense and then they can yeah. like you play those odds so i i understand like i i and i i play like that personally like if if i we have a huge advantage i'm not gonna like go jump into a long snake and crawl all the way down because in that 10 to 15 seconds where I'm trying to crawl to your snake, I don't know, like anything could happen. Mm -hmm. You, you know, and Greenspan's over on the Dorito side. He sees me jump into the snake. He knows my gun's down. And then we have like an advantage on the snake side. Everybody's wrapping. He makes a move down the Dorito side, like on the inside channel. And he shoots all of our snake guys in the back because we're all rapping thinking we have that advantage. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. That's, that's like the double-edged sword in the, for me, like the really cool part about paintball is like, that is that battle is like the, the winning points that you shouldn't win and how to protect that and learning the dynamics of the field to like how that, that switches because, and I, I've been trying to like, this is also a side note. I've been trying to uh, have uh, Jason Trozen on. I don't know how much he's going to share. And I've been talking about this with Ryan. But I I think like the layouts that Jason has been designing are like, he doesn't get get enough credit because they're, they're I, and you, you probably notice this, like for everything that, you do on a layout like to, for starters to cover everything on a field you actually you need way more than five guys you need like seven you mm -hmm. you always have to give up like anywhere in my opinion one to four variables like you have to give up depending on the layout somewhere in between there so it's like you pick like depending on if you've scouted the team you know what you can like not you can put your influence on this and then on top of it like he does a great job of making a counter to everything like he doesn't make the fields so it's just like it's only it's only the snake and like the snake can shoot all everyone on the field mm -hmm. it's not like that now it's it's very it's very dynamic and there there's so many little things that can happen on so many different parts of the field that like it in my opinion, this even goes back to like how viewership, like I think we've had fields in the past, like five years 
only a few, but that we could play for five events and it would change every time. Mm-hmm. And I, I like for, for me, like that, that's a, I I'm, uh, grateful that we have, you know, and that's probably like a controversial opinion that it's like layouts like that, because even when we had the X or the A, it, it was very like, it was just who was a better fundamental team and not, not to take anything away from impact, but like they had the highest budget, they bought the best players and the field was like, the fields were not like that intricate. It was like, who was the fastest mouse beat everyone. No one could shoot them off the break. The, you know, like you could time when the buzzer goes off. Um, so like you could essentially buy the best team, but now it's not like that. It's look at who's running our game. It's, it's veteranship. It's minds. Mm-hmm. It's not athleticism. It's minds. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see the bigger bunkers come off. Uh, not all of them, but I'd like to see. I don't think we need four out yeah, there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that I think that maybe also constitutes to your uh, the snake not being able to shoot everybody is because we you know we had there are a lot more bigger obstacles out there. Um, I wonder with him because I've been trying to get him on the podcast forever, and maybe he just doesn't like me. Just tells me no. So I'm like, okay. All right, I'm not going to ask you anymore. <laughs> okay, I still ask him. But um, but I'm wondering, like, too, if he really knows, like, like how much time does he put? So please ask him this. Uh, how much time he actually puts in to these field layouts and how much does he really know of what the results will be or have an idea of what they will be? Or is he just kind of throwing a lot all down there? I mean, I would like to see for the World Cup layout, I would personally like to see no back center because I feel like we've had a back center for, I mean, how many layouts now? And um, I feel like not having a back center would be kind of cool, you know, for like front guys got to run to their spots. It'd be cool if the back center guys got to run to their spots too. But uh, that's just me being a salty front I guy. I mean, that's great for you and I, but when we think about everything outside of pro and semi-pro, and the uh, the shape that people, a grand majority of paintball players are in, that's where I feel like it gets, you know, a little tricky. That's You're right, Trying dude. to make everyone Just, happy. Uh, but, I mean, I guess it's with anything. You know, a couple people fall off their bike and they make everybody wear a helmet. And, you know, not everybody can shoot fast, so everybody has to shoot ramping now. Nobody can shoot yeah. left-handed, so everybody gets to shoot left-handed. Like, that's... Yeah. Uh, 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 that's a whole nother show but um before we dive anymore i want to know more because i obviously i have uh h2k and i'm i'm always trying to ask questions about other people who own their own businesses and and how they came about and um i want to know more about uh tiger wear and how that how that came to fruition and and why um and what uh and kind of who started it and what's your involvement in it so I guess like where the inception of the brand came for came from and it's funny because it's kind of our like where our core came from it's had to had to evolve um because as like a brand owner but like mouse and i both uh mouse is also a co-founder of tiger wear we we have 
headbands and the headbands that we wore were headbands that we've had for 10 or 15 years. Like I, if you ask me, I'd like, I would, I'd rather lose my, before we had Tiger Wear, the headbands that I wore, I'd rather lose my entire gear bag, like three, $4,000 worth of stuff. And I have lost a whole gear bag before and I was more bummed about the headgear that was in there than the whole gear bag. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, uh, it's funny too, because one of the tournaments uh, in the previous year, at the Sacramento minor, someone broke into Yosha's truck and they stole like, he did have a field one gun in there, but they stole like a mask and a field one gun and they left like $6,000 worth of Hormesis stuff in there. Cause they're like, oh, this is just close. <laughs> so we were laughing about that. Um, but where it started was, you know, there was never really like, like headbands were like a, a like a prized, cherished, cherished, possession that like you had for so long through like all these uh trials and i actually remember zizek brought up a good point i did an interview with him uh earlier this year uh for paintball nerd and he's like you know maybe there's something to, to be said about like that headband is like closest to your brain you're putting like all your sweat and like tears into that thing mm -hmm. and uh, you just, you have it for, for so long. So that, that's where we essentially built, we wanted to build the brand because we felt like, you know, the, the venom wear and the sandana and like even PB fashion, HK army way back in the day, they were like, it was so cool to have one of those headbands. And like, there wasn't a lot available. Mm. Uh, so if you could get your hands on one of them, it was like extremely valuable and it, that became like one of the coolest things you have in your gear bag um, for a long time. So we started our brand essentially, and we have kept this still to our core of like our values of making extremely high quality. And I'm like, I'm confident by far that we make the highest quality headband. We only have one person sew them, one seamster, made in usa like we pay him an extremely good amount i think probably more than anybody else uh pays for headbands uh because like headbands have increased in value and what they're selling for so we're like obviously know that they are a little bit more expensive but so we want to make sure that we have uh like a good product to back it um so that was essentially like how we started and more so like putting our efforts into like the foundation and the like the core and the construction of what we're doing and not being like a super flashy like put our these wild graphics to try to sell like we care about like utility and comfort and mm -hmm. knowing that like and kind of comes from like also how we view fashion and clothing is like you you may pay a little bit more for something not because it says like you know gucci or louis vuitton on the front of, but because like you know that you spent some money on this and it doesn't need to be loud uh but it, it like it makes you feel good and not make like a a surplus of it and not be like a a walmart type supplier like it's a mm -hmm. niche small like boutique type um higher quality brand that like 
we want people to like feel good on and off the field. And we make typically like, I would say that we more on the side of like, fa- like fashion versus just paintball. So like our, yeah. like our headbands are, you know, the core of where we started, but we're also trying to bring in like another like hybrid outside fashion, which is not a huge part of paintball yet. Bring that into paintball and show like, this like minimalistic higher quality side of paintball versus just like buying you know tons of twenty dollar t-shirts sublimated or hype and at h&m you know like stuff like that so yeah that's cool man i mean i i have uh i like the the way that the headbands are designed too of like the the shape of the template because i i have one that mouse gave me i think it i think it's a cool unique like style yeah where tailors down mm-hmm. into the tails and then yeah. we try to do like on the edge of the tails there's a asymmetrical cut i don't know which headband he he gave you but like yeah some of them work like that um but the if you look at like that's like our signature is that the tails are they don't come to like a specific point or they're not like one angle one side of the tail is uh is shorter than the other side. So it's like kind of like it, you know, people can't see at home, but it's like an, <laughs> it's an asymmetrical yeah. uh, type of tail. One side's longer than the edge than the other, and it come, it still comes to an edge. And the only reason we do that actually is not because of like uh, for any anything other than it's really, really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So like we, I went through are like the manu we had a good manufacturer at first and then uh unfortunately he had a stroke and he got paralyzed oh my gosh so another like year looking for a manufacturer that could do it um without like complaints and like being like this is gonna cost you yeah you know, a ton of money um or f- like finding problems but the o- the only reason we do that is because it most people can't do that type of tail that we do and it's just it's like to enforce our like the quality that we put behind the brand and i i I don't share that enough which i need to um and that like all of our headbands are made in the usa like yeah all this stuff is like so we're we're still learning you know we're like um on on these little different types of factors that i think would help but like we do make i'm confident we make the best headband and I, and I'm usually like, I will, I, I'm humble enough to be like, yeah, you know, we're, we're competing, but like we, we make the best headband. So I just need to like talk about it more. And I don't, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't step on anybody's toes. Like I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. That's the same thing with me. Like I, I feel like I, I make quality stuff, but I just don't talk about it enough. All yeah. my talking about it is always in person, like at events. And stuff. I'm yeah. not good with like the marketing online and everything. No, I just no. I like having it in my hand and go, dude, check this out. Tell me what yeah. you think. You know. Um, no, I think it's great, dude. I, I think uh I love seeing, you know, player companies uh you know, players going off and, and creating these things and and bringing bringing something back into the sport. You know what I mean? Like obviously oh. we, we, we sacrifice ourselves play wise. Uh, for the game, but it's cool to see players uh, actually make something besides like content, like an actual like 
you're making headbands, you're making t-shirts, hats, merch, like all kinds of stuff in like a lifestyle. It, it's, it's cool to see. And I'm, um, I, I love seeing multiple players from different angles to it. That's what's cool too, because you see like everybody has their own different play style and their way of going about things. And all these different companies that players are, are coming up with, they all have their different style and their different way of way of doing everything. And I think it's really cool. Um, Let's talk about uh, AC Diesel and kind of where you guys are sitting right now. What what your thoughts are on it? Uh, did did you guys have a coaching um, mix up at the moment? So, yeah, I mean, we brought Mike in uh, to coach and. You know, I, to be honest, I, I didn't love at the beginning, the idea of Mike coming in. I had some like past history, Mike, Mike and I are great friends. Um, but I was a little worried that that could, uh, just for not necessarily for me, even though like, I didn't really love, you know, the relationship we had before. I mean, I, I'm like forever thankful for Mike and it's like mostly positive, the positives way out, outweigh the negatives. Um, but like there was some things that are like, uh, like got under, under my skin. And so I was a little like reluctant on like being on board with Mike first coming on. And I voiced that and I also told Mike that and like, so it was no secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, okay, like I, I understand. Mike came on, he was like, a different person like he he uh, uh i i appreciate mike like he treated me way better than like the relationship we had in the past and i i i liked but i think that it might have had uh effect on maybe some of the other players like the younger unexperienced guys that may have been like you know, he can be what, a hard pill to swallow. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not for everyone. He he knows that it's no secret. Yeah, it's not no secret to any in like the paintball community. Um, but he was like a way more like toned down version of you know the Mike that paintball knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I had no no issue with it. It was kind of like a you know uh, Mark decided that that it wasn't right for the team and yeah didn't really talk or um to a lot of us to see just like made the decision himself um and like i don't you know it's it's weird uh how our, our whole year has been honestly like not to segue out of like the mic situation but like looking back and we talked about it this weekend after before practice um we've we've had a lot of changing variables with a rod we brought a rod on it wasn't a good fit he got let go and then we had uh essentially like mike came in after a rod had played two events uh mike coach we had we got out of uh prelims with a great record um loss to heat in the quarterfinals and then kind of struggled the next event and so it's like j-rab had injuries in that fourth event mouse hurt his back 
also that fourth event. We've always had like all these changes stacking on top of like different uh, coaching changes as well. Mm -hmm. And then what I, I brought up to the team this weekend was like, along with all that stuff that's gone on, you have to understand that like in paintball, you're also like, no one's ever going to play perfect. No, how, I, I don't think it's ever even been done that like someone plays a tournament and they never get shot or even at that, that you, you know, don't lose a point. And then even farther, like that you might lose a match, but you still win the tournament. Like, mm -hmm. so when you stack all those things of like personnel changes, injuries, and coaching along with yeah you're gonna lose a game yeah you're gonna lose points yeah you're gonna lose an occasional five on three that just became like hyper like it just stacked so then right. everyone's like oh, another issue another issue and it just became like with expectations still stacking up too yeah. at the same time yeah it's like yeah you brought uh myself rab mouse and now jesse stevens to the team but you have like all these other things to deal with along with that you're gonna get shot in paintball and you're gonna lose games and mm -hmm. you're gonna have bad luck sometimes and and you also might get an undeserved penalty but i i feel like with everything just stacks up so it becomes a little overwhelming and then it's like what's the issue you know so it's like we're just now I'm trying to like preach that so that it like the mindset starts to switch a little bit. Cause it's like, in, in my opinion, like, uh, in our game at the highest level, like everyone pretty much has the same fundamentals. It's, it's, it's mainly mindset. You mm -hmm. know? So it's, uh, but yeah, that the coaching thing and injuries and I, I'm not going to give excuses, but I, I do feel like we've just had, had a, a, a good bit of, of bad luck along with coaching and injuries. And I mean, there is uh, circumstance. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just one of those things. It's like, I, I don't know. I always look at it like whenever you, you try and build like a super team or a, a fucking team in general, just to compete in a league. And when it's, when it's public about the the money and the players and why they're going, not maybe not why they're going, but I mean, one can assume the reason they're going. Uh, yeah, that that's that's a lot of pressure on that player on that team. I mean, everybody's gonna you know everybody's gonna have their opinion, and if shit doesn't go right, the very first game or the very first point or I mean, people will always question, you know, no matter what. And that's one thing that you, I mean, I'm, I'm completely saying this subjectively because I, I have never owned a team or given, you know, thousands of dollars to players to play for my team. But I'm saying like, you're, you're trying to figure it out too. And if you're not succeeding, you're, you're, you're having to figure these things out and you want to do it sooner than later. But the reality of it is, it's like, man it's still a new team. Like you're still yeah. having to find that groove and that vibe and that flow, which is what we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast. You and all the players, even though 
some of you guys have played together for a long time. And one, on top of that, it's like you still haven't done it with this group, you know? And now and now it's like you're trying to trying to find that 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 whatever it is to see if that hits and that sticks and then now throw in a different coach. That's a different environment. You know, that's a different vibe. Throw in a different player or take away a player. That's a different vibe that you now have to try and, you know, figure out what works with that. And, um, I mean, what do you, what do you think that you guys need? What, what are you guys excelling at? And what do you guys think that you need to be able to kind of get over that, that hump? Because obviously, I mean, what was the last event? You guys just killed it. And no, 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 it was the the event before through pre- prelims, yeah. and um, so obviously it's there. But what do you think it is to kind of take you guys to that next level to that to that Sunday, deep Sunday? Um, I mean, the biggest thing I think is just some like stability with. coaching and management and like a good system that everyone agrees upon uh or that not necessarily doesn't have to be agree upon but like everyone buys in like a good you know a good leader in a sense that we have like the right puzzle pieces, but we just keep putting them together wrong. Mm-hmm. Like we, we have the, the potential, but like, and, and that's kind of something I voiced uh, around the Philly area. when I was like, I know I'm one of the better players on the team, but I promise you, like, if I coach, it doesn't matter if I'm off the field, I am going to make our team be successful. And I am willing to put like half of my salary on the line to show you that because that's how confident I am with my, my coaching ability. Um, we need, we need someone like that. Like I, I told Mike when he came, I was like, this is going to sound weird, but like, I need me to coach me Mm -hmm. that, but that can't happen. Like, obviously, uh, and so I was like, I'm just going to tell you like what I need to work on. Um, and, and maybe you could, you can help me with those things. And it did. Uh, but I think that's the biggest thing is like just getting a little bit of like stability and consistency and, um, like someone that can be like the guiding light that everyone gets behind and just falls through with and getting rid of the mindset of like this like angst of we're we should be winning but we're not you know like it's just like it's weird because we we have all the the capability it just needs to be like lined up right yeah people need to put in the in the right places and i think we've like started to realize that um you know i this is kind of like a, a side note, but I always like, let's look at the last, I don't know, 10 to 15 years. How many pro teams have won? Is it like six, seven, eight? 
maybe like it's yeah. it's actually it's actually like five but then we have like three outliers with ironman's uh vegas covid win um i'm sure like there's an infamous win in there and then i mean even tampa i think as of recently yeah tampa bay like, has kind of won since what 2013 area i th- think so i mean they won a minor they won like a, a minor event when that was going on, I think in 21 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but before that, it was like, yeah, it was nine, 10 years ago. I think so. So what, I, what I'm getting at with this is that like you, it, it's such a, uh, like a weird dynamic. And I always, I, I think about this with like conversations and like, how like how like team huddles go and like the chance and stuff go because i i at my core like i am realistic about a lot of things it's like you know not that i don't think that like the teams that are you know bottom 10 pro teams shouldn't like think they they should win because you should have the mindset but it's like like and i I'm giving away like kind of a secret here, but it's like, why, like, why even try to play the juggernauts game? Why not try to like reinvent and do paintball a different way to get you to win, like throw out everything. Because if you just like statistics are a a real thing, like if you just think that you're going to go toe to toe with uh, like an unbeatable dynasty damage, heat or impact, as a, you know, a Latin Saints or a current Ironman or like energy elite, like these younger teams, you're like, you don't stand a chance. So it's like, like, what is this raw, raw, let's win the tournament. No, let's use that energy to try to like be diverse and think outside the box and see how we can actually beat them, not at their game, but at a new game that we reinvented and that that's how my brain operates. Like, mm. like what it, the, the stats are there. Like it would be different if like different teams were, were winning more often, but like five teams, maybe like four teams consistently in the last 10, 12, 15 years have been at the top with a couple outliers. Like, yeah. What do you, what are you doing? Like, here's my take on it. Yeah. Do your 22nd point game plan every point. Yeah. I, I <laughs> agree. I'm it's like... funny. I'm glad you said that because in, in this final at him tournament, WCPL, we played Marcelo's team and it was for the series, for the event, everything. Mm-hmm. Marcelo's team, I think, is just a, li- a little bit like if we left Marcelo and I out of it, I think Marcelo's team wins, uh, hands down. And I told Mouse like the night before, like I'm already expecting us to get to that point and beat the other quarters and semifinal team. And I'm like, man, I, I know it goes against like everything, but I want to play like we need to score a point every point, like all out full attack madness because no one ever does that but like 
I, I think that that like, that's how I would coach a team. That's like a bottom 10 team. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking crazy shit. Dude. How many times have it? I, I would say the odds are 60, 40, 70, 30 that it works. I would say, I mean, when yeah. you look at it, it's like when you're like, okay, well, we're just going to, we're going to run at them. I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to follow each other, but we'll, I mean, we'll pretty much be a running bunker. And dude, I would say from the teams that needed a point within a minute or less than a minute, 45 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it is. I mean, I would say the majority of the time they get that point. Yeah. And I, I always said whenever I was up in the commentating booth or anything like that, I'm always like, D- do that every time. Do it every yeah. time until they stop it. And like why, not why, like I understand the fundamental of like the breakout, going to the corner and doing this. Like I get that. Like I understand it. Like this is probably a silly conversation, but it's like, okay, well, why not do the point? that we just did that we won tw- in 20 seconds. We just try that every single time. And we just, we just do that. Like do yeah. the non-conventional thing. And I always wondered like how that would work because obviously the other team is going to have to start shooting up the gut or different ways and having to change their shit around because they're yeah. getting, they're getting fucked up. So I don't know. I always thought it'd be, it'd be kind of cool. Maybe not at a tournament, but maybe just do it like, at some kind of uh, like a scrimmage or something like that, just to see, like, see what the fuck happens. Yeah. I remember like after we left the saints, like uh, they started to like actually do, there was new ownership um, and they did like mostly Latin America players. And they asked if Brandon short and I could come coach them for a weekend to like help them. And we went and I, I remember there, I'm like, you guys are like don't do not belong in the pro series and if you guys want to even be able to like have a chance to beat teams you got to play this like reckless style and i remember like a couple events after that uh i was talking to the owner greg and he's like yeah i don't know what happened like we were just playing you know we were we studied what everyone else was doing and we played like that and i'm like what do you mean you don't know what happened? Like, dude, it's like you, you're like, you're trying to do a calculation faster than a, a like an expert at fucking calculus. And you just, you've learned, you know, calculus for six months. Like what, like it's not feasible. So yeah. why just throw all that shit out the door? Like, yeah, it would work in division two or semi-pro, but like, that doesn't fly up here. So just throw it out the door and do something different. But I, I don't know. Like it's, it's an odd uh, thing to me, like how that, that works for some, some teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, I hope to see you guys do well at the next event. I, you know, I, uh, I'm a big fan of all the players on your team of yourself and, you know, I want to see you guys compete. I want to see you guys get up there. I know you can. And, uh, I'm sure I'm sure you will uh, with things going on. I mean, players adapt, right? Teams adapt. And I think that's one of the biggest... I think my theory also is, is one of the biggest differences between high-level pro players and pro teams 
is that the top end is a lot better at adapting at the right time. And and I think you guys will, man. You guys have the experience and everything too. And uh, just fucking just like paintball, man. It's timing. Timing's got to be yeah. right. Once that happens, everybody's going to find their flow and find the train and jump on it. and Paintball. Yeah. Sweet, Matt. Well, thank you so much for uh, for jumping on, Kyle, man. I, I appreciate it so much. Uh, is there any sponsors or anybody you want to shout out? Uh, just Empire Paintball, Shocker, uh, Mark Johnson, obviously, for putting this whole year together. Um, Tigerwear, obviously. Go check it out. Um, and definitely the Spick and Span show. Um, if you haven't already subscribed, go over there. And uh, we're on every Tuesday. And I think that's... What time on Tuesday? 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Pacific Coast. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. I will... Uh, I'll make sure to have a tool for you at Cup. Oh, thank you. You got oh, a bunch of colors? I... I, Let's see. Go on the website and see which ones I have uh, and let me know. Otherwise, I have an orange one. Oh, here's how about this? I have an orange one and I'll engrave it with some tiger wear logo Ooh. and stuff on it for you. That way, right. if anybody steals it, you'll be like, no, that one's mine. I know. I know. Yeah, I like that. All right. Like that. Sweet, That's man. Well, thank you again, brother. And uh, good luck. And I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, dude. All right, Appreciate man. Take it. care. Turn me on. Thank you, Kyle, so much. It was a great pleasure talking to you, man. I cannot wait to see you at World Cup. Um, it's it's going to be crazy. This this is going to be a huge event. Uh, I can't wait to see everyone who's going to show up. I'm going to, I will not have a booth there, but I'm going to have some merch with me, just limited sizes and everything, but I will try and bring what I can. Uh, if you want to get anything in person, we're going to have a little sale on some stuff if you want to get the stuff in person. So find me. I will be there uh, starting, let's see, starting Thursday. I'll be there Thursday. And I'll probably have a camera around my neck, walking around, snapping shots. But uh, snag me and and we will figure it out. Also, a big thank you goes to H2K Paintball. If you are looking for a marker um, or to support the company, you can find us at h2kpaintball.com um, with merch, hats, beanies, tank tools, all the goodies are over there. And uh, we still have a limited uh, number of the Fenrir LV2s available. Also, big thank you goes to Lumi Gummies and Endless Paint Club. Again, sign up over there if you have any if you have any questions or anything like that, you can go ahead and uh, email team at endlesspaintclub.com. They'll answer anything uh, that you have that you are curious about reg regarding the company itself, the Endless Paint Club, um, $200, $200 in store credit a month with the program itself or the product at, uh, at Lumi. Check them out and see what you think. I know I'll be bringing mine to cup that's gonna be sweet it's gonna be awesome hey everybody thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you for listening and uh please do not text and drive and we'll see you guys here again soon on the playing on podcast peace <laughs>